Hey birds, just a heads up, in this episode we discuss themes such as sexual assault and consent. If these are things that may be difficult for you to listen to or hear, please be advised and take care. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Ladybirds Podcast. We are here having open conversations about mental health, sex, and womanhood. Don't have sex, because you will get pregnant and die. You can't do anything unless you're the center of attention. Don't have sex in the missionary position. Need a boyfriend who's not such a complete bonehead. Don't have sex standing up. All I see is pork soles. You're a virgin who can't drive. Just don't do it, promise? To start off, my name is Mandy. I like movies. I like to talk about sex. And I like to talk about womanhood. So that's why I'm here today, and I'm with... Kate. And I also like to talk about womanhood and feminism, and I like my dog Ollie, and I like plants. I was gonna and say we're also like plants. Oh no, I stole yourself. <laughs> no. Cactuses. It's a specific type. Plants I can't kill. I'm Gabby, and as you guys know now, I like plants, and I like talking about things that make people uncomfortable for some reason. I think that's the base of our friendship. We're all like, <laughs> I know. what's the most uncomfortable thing we can talk about right now? Let's talk about it. So I guess on that note, what are we talking about today? We're talking about virginity. About popping oh, yeah. that cherry. Oh yeah, flowering, which I'm still gonna stand by, is the worst word I've ever invented. The Yikes. V card is pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Do you lose your V card? Like, you give it away. Yeah. Ugh. Gross. Are you the used piece of chewing gum now? <laughs> Have you never heard that one? No. We're going to jump right in. Um, so there's like a thing that happens in American sex ed where sex ed is like abstinence only. And they say like, if you just keep having sex with people, it's like you keep chewing the same piece of gum. <gasps> Who wants a chewed used piece of gum? Ew. They want, your husband wants you brand new on your wedding night. So that's how our country talks about virginity. That's that is welcome. That's disgusting. Yeah. So we're going to talk about virginity or the thrill and fear of losing your virginity. Mm-hmm. Whether you're scared about that, excited about it, ready to get it over, have already gotten it over, or somewhere in between all the emotions. Talking about it for the first time is often a topic that is tiptoed around. I mean, the concept of virginity itself is an idea that's tied to patriarchal traditions. It's mostly about women's bodies and controlling them about when and how they have sex. But it's like tying your self-worth to essentially intactness of your hymen, which doesn't make any sense because that's completely different to what actual virginity is. Yeah, and that part in itself has been debunked, right? You can be riding a horse. I know, fucking bicycle, bro. But given this deeply sexist and heteronormative social construct that virginity is, it's understandable whether you don't care or care too much, haven't had your first time, or wish you could take things back. Virginity and our experiences can be a topic that's typically avoided, but I think we should talk about it with each other. All of the idea of virginity loss is a total bullshit myth, which I think we can all agree here. Yes. Um, yes. Having sex the first time can still hold a lot of value for people, yeah. and maybe having more open discussion may allow for less traumatic experiences, more exhilarating one. 
and well probably more and that was good that's what we're doing for this episode we want to break down and deconstruct the concept of virginity and open up about our own experiences about having sex for the first time damn so get that fooky fooky damn let's just go in circle late bloomer early bloomer late bloomer late bloomer late 100%. bloomer oh, wow okay Everyone there we go so i grew up in a in a relatively progressive household but the two things that my mom joanne was not progressive about was drugs mm-hmm. and sex which it's interesting now but she was very much like you should not have sex when you're in high school she's like the minute you step foot in college go crazy <laughs> do you know why that is I'm curious. I'm, I've been curious about it too, but I think it was like, it was a maturity thing. Mm-hmm. And then like she often talked about the pool of candidates for which you can have sex with in <laughs> high school is very different than when you go to college. Mm-hmm. And so I think she really valued me being older and then me having a chance to choose a partner. I definitely think who I went to high school with, it was very different as to who I went to college with. So yes, yeah, so I was a late bloomer, so she I did not. Joanne's smart. Joanne's smart. She's smart. I was like, she like, and I, I don't know, like, I'll have to see, but I think I kind of, that's how I view it, because I think we'll go into it. First times are never easy. They're never really like, <laughs> you know, they're never smooth. But I do definitely think that I was able to have kind of a healthier first time mm-hmm. um, and a healthier experience around losing my virginity because I was a little older and because having sex with a frat boy in the back or like, I mean, not sorry. I know that's probably not okay, but I wasn't having sex with, you know, probably one of the boys that I would have like to in high school and that yeah. wouldn't have been healthy mm-hmm. so but yeah so that's for me what about you guys mine is not not fantastic yeah. um so i didn't have sex until college also okay. um more out of not sex was not something that was going to happen mm-hmm. for me in high school um i was a very very nerdy child mm-hmm. I was very naive going into college. I had mm-hmm. a very just young view yeah. of what sex and romance was. And I don't know if it made a difference at all that I went to a state school. Essentially, I got a notion in my head, which I like very much now. Obviously, as I'm much older, you know, is backward. But that the way to convince a boy that I'm like worth dating is to like hook up with him yeah. and that's how all of my girlfriends processed like hookup culture was rampant did you um, just curious because yeah. you said that you were like more of a late bloomer mm-hmm. that you didn't really kiss and do that kind of stuff in high school did you feel that entering such like a intensely different culture that's happening around you did you feel pressure to just like get it over with or were you still more like i think i would say it kind of dominated like it was it definitely was a like come on, let's go, all my friends are doing this, I want to do this too, like, everyone's doing it, I want to be a part of this, and that was just kind of what college was like. So I guess it was, like, a little bit of a pressure to just get it over with, but when I say I'm a late bloomer, I mean, like, the first night I had sex was the first night I kissed a boy. Like, it was all in Mm. one thing. Um, so fast forward to my sophomore year and I'm at a party with my friends. It's in the dorm room of this boy. He lives in a big room and he's like, hey, like coming because we had been like kind of like dancing with each other and talking and I'm like, we're totally gonna make out and I'm yeah. drunk and I'm being silly. And so we go into this other room and he like closes the door and I don't know, but he locks the door and then we're kissing and then he's just doing stuff. And I was so freaked out that I just kind of was like, 
I do remember saying the words, like, like I've never done yeah. this before, I'm nervous, I don't know what I'm doing, and he was just like, it's fine, it's fine, it doesn't matter to me, and then he just kind of, like, did his thing, and then was like, yeah, like, I need to go to bed, Ugh. and then I left, and I was a willing participant of it, I wanted to be there, I didn't actively attempt to stop it, and I know that's why I say it, like, crosses into assault territory, Coercion. because I- it definitely wasn't consensual. It definitely wasn't consensual, but I don't think he was clear yeah. that I, and we were both, and that's where it's just, it's a funky line for me because it's definitely still assault, but we were both intoxicated. But I did have a little bit of revelatory relief a couple years later, and I don't think I processed at that time what had happened mm-hmm. as assault because I went back to my room and my roommates were like, did you do it? And I was like, yeah, and they yeah. celebrated it. So you just internalize it and compartmentalize it as like, this is like, this is happy. They're happy for me. Something yeah. happy happened. And then it wasn't until my senior year of college, I was walking up. I lived in an apartment complex, and it was basically like a tower of staircases. And out of one of the rooms comes two boys who were roommates of that boy. And I had not talked to them. I didn't Mm -hmm. talk to any of those boys after that happened. I disassociated from that group of people entirely. Mm -hmm. And they were passing by, and I just did the awkward, like, not making eye contact. But one of them was like, hey, can we talk to you? And they wanted to pull me aside because they wanted to acknowledge that they didn't stop what happened my sophomore year and that they were like, we're so sorry for what he did to you. That happened and we knew it happened and we didn't do anything and like, we don't think less of you because of that. We don't want you to feel like you can't say hi. Like I'm gonna start crying talking about it, but they were like acknowledging that that had happened and that it was nice to have that a couple years later, but that also opened the watershed. All of a sudden in a stairwell while I'm like half intoxicated walking back to my apartment, I'm now having like the realization that I was assaulted and like yeah. having a mental breakdown. So that totally like, mm-hmm. yeah. That's I'm not, so sorry, not... Kate. Oh my Thank God. You. Thank it's you for like, sharing. Obviously. Yeah, well I think it's important because I think a lot of people always talk about virginity and see it as this like, like I don't know, when I watch movies and I'm trying to think of it's spectacular now with like Miles Teller and yeah. what's her yeah. face. And it's about like losing your virginity and it's like cute, awkward teenage losing their yeah. stuff like that is Those like super fucking triggering to me yeah. now. Because every time I see something like that, it's like getting shoved in my face that everybody has this broad spectrum idea that virginity is like this goofy thing you lose as a teenager. A lot of people don't process that like your first time in losing your virginity can also be an assault. So yeah. yeah. It's hard to talk about, but I definitely think people need to share those parts Absolutely. of themselves because it just, it doesn't do to <laughs> hold that in and not talk yeah. about it. It doesn't help anybody. It just makes you feel worse about it. So. And I think the value that our culture puts on virginity thus yeah. reinforces, like, oh, if, yeah. if your first experience, unfortunately, is one like your case, Kate, not only do you have, you're dealing with the emotions of the assault, but now you have this extra layer of society being like, that was a big deal. You losing your virgin, that's a big deal. And the fact that, like, it was not an okay experience. It's almost like this happened. Society tells me that if this happens, it needs to be, it like needs to have some sort of value to it. And like well, this, and it was yeah. still pre Me Too movement. Yeah. It was still the stigma of like, well, 
what were you wearing? How drunk were you? How well did you know these people? Those were the kinds of questions you got. And I knew from my experience of my roommate freshman year that reporting it to the school was not going to do anything. And so schools I, continue to not do anything. Anything. Yeah. anything. So, it all took me years to process that it was yeah. actually an assault altogether. But it's still also like, even if I had processed that then, I still wouldn't. there's not a lot of recourse for students and I think I had it easier than kids at private school because state school if it gets high enough up up the chain I've now realized they have to report things where private schools are much it's much easier to just kind of sweep things under the rug a little bit money really helps money really helps man (laughs) can I ask how like and after this experience how have you navigated to come to like a healthier place with it's loaded that I honestly don't know that I've actually like come to terms with it like I think it still honestly to this day affects my relationships with people I've had one serious relationship in my entire life even that it was just it's very hard for me to be like intimate and vulnerable with people at this point because I just like and I hate putting it on guys and I like and then it's the whole navigation of I'm also queer but all of my relationships have been with men so mm-hmm. that's like my only experience is a more hetero experience but but I also think it's tied into the hookup culture of college yeah so, but back to the like virginity part of it it just it does it still hurts yeah. it's still I've talked to therapists I guess if anybody listening is in the same position and you're looking for advice on what to do fucking go to therapy please but just talking about it honestly having friends who i feel like before we even discussed having this podcast i would never have told anybody mm-hmm. this like i don't talk to people about this because it's just not something that's like pleasant to share with people yeah. but i think the more we like talk about it the less we can stigmatize yeah. that yeah <laughs> that was kind of heavy Thank you, Kate, so much for for sharing that. I know that's incredibly challenging to talk about, even with us. And I think it really brings to light the fact that we need to advocate for more of these conversations and for better conversations about consent and better conversations about consent that make it very clear about what it looks like verbally and non-verbally and that consent can be given and revoked at any time and above all that only a person can give consent regarding their own body. We've talked about this in the past and we would like to and we are going to have an in-depth one-off episode about consent and in particular enthusiastic consent. I completely agree with everything that you've stated, Mandy. I think it is incredibly important for us to open up that space to have these conversations about consent at home, with your parents, with your partner, in schools, in society in general. Also, thank you, Kate, for telling us and opening up to us with your story. It's incredibly powerful to share stories of assault and abuse. Not only for others, because you never really know who might hear your story and find comfort and solace in the fact that they're not alone and that someone else out there also shares this experience, but also for yourself. I know that for me, it is something that I have worked tremendously on with my therapist about my own abuse and overcoming that. 
And a lot of it has been surrounded around removing some of that idea of weakness that can be dealt with being a victim and to find strength and resilience instead. Um, find that in what you have been through and what you have overcome, which again is not easy, uh, but therapy's good. Therapy's fantastic. Been in it 10 years and counting, baby. curious, Andy, how were your feelings towards having sex for the first time? Because were you like excited about it or just like, oh, I just want to get it over with so I can say that I've had sex? I think it was a mix of both. I think by the time I got to college, I was like, I need to like, I just kind of also expected, I think when I went to college, it'd be like, sex every day. <laughs> like, And so <laughs> when it wasn't like that, I think I kind of felt a lot of pressure and like my virginity story is a little bit complicated because of how the person and I got together. There's So I really cared for the person that I did lose my virginity to. And so it was kind of funny because going into it, I really thought it would be like really <laughs> magical. And what ended up happening was neither of us really understood about our anatomy and to spare you the details, we did not know about lube. And so essentially there was a shit ton of blood i mean oh, a ton a of blood i was a bleeder were you okay i was not oh my god i remember oh, after god. it all happened like i remember sitting in the bathroom like googling after having sex if you bleed as much do we have to go to the hospital it was a lot of blood and we were at this person's family's house and so it was like two in the morning we're both butt naked and we're trying to find cleaning products and so my first time I have vivid memories of him with like the yellow dishwasher gloves on this bed. I know, and all I could think was like, the housekeeper is just gonna be like, what the fuck happened here? So we like scrubbed, we wrapped up the sheets and put them at a bottom of a like a basket. It was very painful. It was not movie magic. It's funny. It wasn't enjoyable, and I was lucky because my partner at the time, like we ended up having a relationship after, and so we were able to kind of move past it and, and it was kind of a funny thing yeah. I'm so thankful I don't have to do it again <laughs> like it's one of those it's like I'm glad I ripped off the band-aid and yeah. all that stuff but yeah it was pretty rough and it was a lot of just we did not have the education I, I sometimes think maybe I missed out on that because there is that idea where like the first time has to be amazing and like all that stuff but I think it also has given me perspective in the way that there's not I don't value that and nor do I think my partner really valued yeah. it because it was more like we are kids we're 18 and we have no idea what we're doing and, and I think there's a difference in being like with better access to information and more dialogue around sex it can allow us to have a better experience yes. but I also don't think that or that it's an accurate depiction to say that you know it's petals and roses and candles and romance the first time you're gonna have sex. So I think that entire feeling and experience is so new and doing that with the person for the first time, getting like fully butt naked and being really vulnerable. And for me, a huge thing was like, what sounds might come out? Like I was so scared of like making any sound. I wish I had a little bit more of understanding of how to mitigate that situation. Cause now, you know, in my mid twenties, I'm like, I know exactly what we did incorrectly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
And so... Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, hindsight twenty twenty. but... I mean, it's kind of funny now. <laughs> like, like, I think from my perspective, it's that good storiness to it that I feel like we missed out on. Because I know, like, first times for most people are probably, I just know, super awkward and weird and just, like, yeah. fumbling and not knowing what to do. But I think funny it's the story like, of, like, what was your first yeah. time. Like, tell me how embarrassing it was. You yeah. didn't know what to do. You didn't know how to put a condom on. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Or, like, that's what I feel like I missed out on. Because honestly, as much as that might not have been great in the moment, that's a fantastic <laughs> story. It's a fantastic. You best believe it's going in one of my movies, like a hundred percent. Yes. What was his face like? Like, what was his reaction? He just like he had no idea what was going on, and he also when we did kind of get together, he not lied, but I think he wanted to pro- project like he knew more what he was doing, so he's trying to sort of take charge. Yeah. And so when it was happening, it was just kind of like, okay, like, let's try this, let's try that. And then, like, not to be TMI, but TMI there was like, okay, we'll try this. And then all of a sudden, I looked down and just, like, blood on my stomach. <laughs> I was like, this is not working out. This is not working out. And so I think he also was just like, holy shit. Like, I thought I understood. I thought I could take charge. I thought I could help. We just were two teenagers who had no idea what the fuck we were doing. Gabby, what was your first time? My first time was not with a boyfriend. It was someone that I was starting to date. Mm -hmm. And again, I was also 19 when I had Mm -hmm. sex for the first time. And it was this guy that I started dating, but we weren't serious. He was also older. So we immediately, like, we entered this dating thing as more of a fun thing. It's not going to be serious. It's not going to be long lasting. Mm -hmm. But I definitely had the mindset of, like, I just want to get it over with. Mostly, I think, to be very honest, was more to be able to say that I had sex and that if that encounter happened with a guy that I wouldn't have to feel embarrassed that I hadn't lost my virginity yet and that I know what to do and how to pleasure a guy and never once focusing on like sexual wellness and understanding what it meant to you know have sex in my own pleasure as well so it wasn't very painful and I didn't bleed either um I think I broke my hymen getting fingered by a frat boy (laughs) in the back Mandy thank you very much Did you at least bleed on him? Yeah, the love of your life. Just going back to our last episode and the lack of information that happens when we talk about sex and how it's very much this heteronormative penis-vagina kind of situation, but nothing about what can happen before and foreplay and all that stuff. People told me that I could bleed by having sex. For the first time, People, no one ever told me that I could bleed by getting fingered. Yeah, so frat boy made me bleed, and that's where I broke my hymen. (laughs) So I think that's why I also didn't really bleed. I bled a little bit after my first time. I just remember he put me in a position and just kind of like, I don't know how to say this politely, not just straight up like banged me. And I was like, just kind of laying there and being like, well, I hope he comes soon. I just didn't know how to express myself and I he was older and I was already so embarrassed about not having had sex before that I just kind of wanted to be like okay well I just gotta do this for him so that you know like we can then do it again and then it'll be amazing and now I know how to have sex and then I can do this and not realizing that hey I I shouldn't have felt embarrassed that I didn't have experience but I also shouldn't have felt embarrassed that I wasn't enjoying it I just kind of wanted it to be done with and you know he he was a very great guy I still like think of him very fondly I never think of it as like a bad experience, just I think it's an experience 
that really kind of perpetuates what is most likely most people's experience is somewhere in between that kind of feeling of not really knowing how to be like oh this is what it is okay and then I did kind of have that feeling that you were talked that you talked about where like once you're done you kind of just want to tell your friends and have everyone just be excited so that you can be like yeah okay that was exciting that was yeah. exciting yeah. and not yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so I don't, I don't know if I have like necessarily like a it's not a fully negative experience but it's definitely not a fully positive experience um and I I I like where I am now with the, with definitely not feeling shame or that I can't just vocalize how I'm feeling when having sex. Yeah, I guess I, I think I wish that with virginity there was a lot more emphasis, I think, on, you know, communication between the two people and just more of an emphasis on, like, this is a consensual act between two people yeah. and, like, or I should say I'd, I'd rather the focus of our society be no longer on virginity rather than, like, this is going to be something that'll happen and I mean there's nothing wrong if you don't want to have sex we kind of touched on another episode about learning about asexuals and stuff Mm -hmm. and so for those who want to have sex I think I wish there was more of a focus on there's always gonna be the first time it's gonna be weird the number one thing is to like have protection to communicate with the partner and to be on the same page even if that means that like in the awkward moments where your bellies flap together and make farting noises that you feel comfortable to laugh about it and not feel like it's ruining the romantic moment. The best sex I've ever had is when it's silly. Yeah. Like, it is interesting that with all our through lines at our first time, is there's this weird societal pressure that we need to like mm. get it done. Yeah. You gotta get it Which done. Which is why for me it's so confusing to process all this kind of opposite information yes. that are given about virginity, where it's this very like protected. You're dirty if you have sex, but then also like you gotta have sex. You gotta have sex. Yeah. The catch-22 of being a woman. If you have a lot of sex, you're a slut. If you don't have a lot of sex, you're a prude. So it is wild because it wasn't till I was in college when I fully understood how different sex can be and how really my understanding of sex and the definition of of sex fully formed beyond the heteronormative uh, teachings that I had grown up with. And much like sex... Losing your virginity can look very different person to person. And I think it's really important for us to push to have more conversations about queer sex and in particular what it means to be queer and having sex. And above all, what I've learned is, you know, losing your virginity does not mean you've lost anything. Losing your virginity does not mean you've gained anything. And ultimately losing your virginity needs to be just a decision between you and a consenting partner. Yeah, I guess with all of our episodes, we like to hear about how you guys felt about this. And so if you guys have some wild experiences, did anybody else also bleed a gallon? Like, can we get this out? (laughs) So like, don't hesitate to reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter, Ladybirds Pod. And I guess to kind of wrap up like we do, let's do our doing okay my doing okay was I booked a tattoo appointment. Woo! So I'm really excited. Tattoos are very important 
to me and I finally decided that this design that I've been thinking about for like a long time and kind of has been my post-grad, post-transformation, I would say, is ready to happen. So I'm really pumped. So that's, that's for me. I got to see my knees. I say it like it was only my niece. My niece, my nephew, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Nice. But my niece is most important right now. But um, I got to see all of them for the first time in forever. And it sucked because we had to be socially distant. And it's hard to play uh, socially distant. That's sweet. Taking us home, Gabby? My doing okay moment is I spent the other day just organizing my hard drive and my files and it just felt really nice really productive to clean it up i don't know i just felt like a grown-up i guess so that was nice <laughs> well, well alrighty then yeah i suppose we'll catch you birds on the next episode that was really lame i don't know why. no i'm gonna catch you birds i like that i guess we're gonna catch your birds around yeah. and <laughs> we'll talk to you guys soon so and we'll think of more bird puns Exactly. I think we need to incorporate bird puns. Yes. Thank (laughs) y'all. Bye. Bye.